At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we've got three great hours coming up for you guys. As here in hour number one, we're going to be talking a lot about what we want to see from this college football Saturday. And we currently have a game that's going down right now. I have no idea why USC and Cal are playing this game actually because neither of these teams are going to be bowl eligible. They both wound up entering with seven losses. So you got yourself a game, which is just very, very random. We'll get you guys caught up on that in a second, but we'll take a look at everything that we wound up seeing in college football. And we wound up seeing a big one in college basketball as well on the Saturday, 91 games wound up going down. You wound up seeing a pair of ranked teams do battle as well with Gonzaga losing in the state of Washington. So we'll get you guys all caught up on that. Our number two, we're going to be hitting on a lot of these college basketball games that we're going to be seeing for Sunday as well. Talk a little NBA, and then in the final hour, we are going to be going hard and heavy with regards to the NFL betting board. Once we wind up hitting midnight Pacific, that'll be 3 a.m. Eastern. It will mean that it's going to be an NFL Sunday for all. So as I always do on this show, just wind up preserving pretty much the entirety of the final hour for that, though I will give you guys a little bit of college basketball along the way as well. Going to talk a little bit about NFL MVP as well. I was planning to talk a little bit more about the Heisman Trophy, but we know who's going to be getting that after what we wound up seeing on Saturday. But first things first, if you are looking for a live betting opportunity when it comes to college football, it certainly isn't necessarily the sexiest game in the world, but you do have Cal and USC still doing battle. USC wound up closing as about a four and a half point underdog. They wound up opening up more around two and a half. And right now the money looks to be right as it is a game which Cal is up by a count of 17 to seven. Why these teams are right now playing this game. I have no idea. If I were USC, I'd be like, all right, let's just end the season right now. Our bigger concern is who are we going to be having as our coach for the upcoming season with Lincoln Riley coming in, try to get everything set with him. And well, they're right now playing this game. They clearly don't care. It has been a very, very bad year for USC. But if you're looking to jump in live, you're able to get seven and a half with them. So there is that. And it looks like there's a little bit of juice on that seven and a half as well. But right now, not going well for USC as this has been a season in which they're going to be hoping to forget for the rest of mankind. So you wind up having that going down. I want to mention it just a second ago. We know who's going to be getting the Heisman Trophy now, and that is because Alabama, they don't just win, but they win comfortably against 
Georgia by a count of 41 to 24. This is one in which I thought that the points were going to be good with Alabama and the under was going to be good. Well, the points with Alabama weren't even needed because they wind up winning on the money line and you wound up seeing an Alabama bunch that was able to just take apart a Georgia team that all year long, they have been by far the best defense in all of college football. Bryce Young just was so surgical in that first half, obviously, was able to bring it home in the second half as well. But just the way that he wanted coming out in this game and wound up cementing Alabama's spot when it comes to college football playoff. And we'll be talking about who I think winds up making the field of four here in the first segment and a little bit into the second segment as well. But, I mean, Bryce Young, two, 421 yards, three touchdowns. This was with Brian Robinson. He wound up playing in this game as I expected. He was a little bit hampered. He only had, wound up having three and a half yards per carry. You could tell that he wasn't necessarily at 100% himself. But when it comes to what you want to see out of Bryce Young, I mean, nothing else could be said. But I will give a shout out to Jamison Williams. I mean, the fact that he had a buck 84 and two touchdowns, he certainly did a great job because it's really been John Beachy the third was really been little bit more of that main guy that stands out for Alabama though they do have quite a few good wide receivers but Williams had himself a massive day and for Georgia still do think that they are very solid and I mean we're gonna call what it is the best two teams in college football wound up playing in this game whoever winds up making the college football playoff behind these two I think that they're just gonna be fed to the wolves essentially because I think that you've got to have Alabama now at number one because they do have that win over Georgia Georgia at number two and then three and four, got to have Cincinnati in there, in my opinion. We'll hit on them in a second. And then number four, boy, oh boy, that's going to be really interesting because of all the results that we've wound up seeing on this Saturday. But when it comes to Alabama, what else I'm very impressed with, defense has been relatively solid as well. They did wind up having that little bit of a hiccup in that game against Arkansas, which you did wind up having the guy who's, in my opinion, going to be winning the Heisman Trophy, and Bryce Young, wind up throwing for the second most passing yards in an SEC game ever. But you take a look at this Alabama team. Robinson Jr. is going to be more healthy when they do wind up playing in the college football playoff. That's going to make them all the more lethal. And I think that you're right now taking a look at a team that's number one in all of college football. And when you wind up giving Nick Saban time to prepare, I mean, it's like pretty much, it's like pretty much giving a fish more to eat and be able to grow in a bigger pond. It's just absolutely ridiculous what he's able to do when you wind up giving him time. I would not want to be facing Alabama in the college football playoff. I fully expect them to be number one when the college football playoff rankings wind up coming about. The team that I think is going to be number three, that'd be Cincinnati. We are on to Cincinnati when it comes to taking a look at college football. And they were on to a win and a cover against Houston by a count of 35 to 20. They were able to cover all numbers on this one. And it was incredible what we wanted seeing from Cincinnati because it was just a team in which they did exactly what they needed to. Desmond Ritter, he only threw the ball 17 times in this one, but three out of his 11 completions wound up going for touchdowns. This is a Cincinnati team that they just do the little things very well as, wow, we are right now seeing a calamity in this Cal versus USC game as I think that you've got upcoming a third and 27. So that's keeping us entertained, but... You've got a Cincinnati bunch that in this game against Houston, they wound up having a pair of touchdowns at a buck 87 from Jerome Ford on the ground as well. And this is a Houston team that you're going to take a look at the rankings and be like, oh, they're number 21. They had run off 11 straight wins. The last time they had lost was week one against Texas Tech. So they were coming in, firing all cylinders down. I do think what was a little bit helpful for Cincinnati, and you just see this time and time again, when a team winds up being a play on their home field, that is a little bit of something I would have liked Houston a little bit more if this would have been played on a neutral field rather than at Nippert Stadium. But with Cincinnati, they were just completely manhandling when it comes to this Houston team in general. As they were able to get eight sacks in this game. So the Cincinnati defense was able to step up. Despite all that, the closing total of right around 52 and a half, 53 does wind up going over as you wind up getting a total of 55 in this game. But Cincinnati looked very balanced. There's no way that they're going to be able to keep them out of the college football playoff now with everything that we wound up seeing. And it's just a matter of, do you wind up having Cincinnati at three or four? I personally think that you're going to see them clocking at three. Notre Dame might be a little bit live for the college football playoff as well because of everything that we wound up seeing these last few days as well. Though I do think that that number four spot is going to be going to Michigan. If there were a situation which Notre Dame were going to be able to get in, it would have to be with a Michigan loss and well, they didn't wind up doing that. Michigan, 42-3. to They wind up 
not just being able to take down Iowa, they wind up completely dismantling Iowa. Now, Michigan, I think, is going to be really intriguing because you got to figure that they're going to get one of Alabama or Georgia. I would think that if they do wind up making the college football playoff, they're going to be able to match up with Georgia a whole heck of a lot better just because I do think that Alabama is a team that could be able to take it to them a little bit. I recognize that they wind up having great success when they wind up going up against C.J. Stroud. They were able to just carve up that Ohio State defense, but the Alabama defense, in my opinion, is much better than that of Ohio State's. And you just take a look at what Michigan was able to do in this game. I mean, you had Kate McNamara just do exactly what he needed to do. 16 of 24, buck 69. He did wind up having an interception, but he just takes what's given to him. Doesn't necessarily do too much with it. Asan Askins now has seven touchdowns in the last two weeks against Iowa and also in that game against Ohio State. So he was able to come out and he was able to have a good performance and for Iowa. I mean, my goodness, this team has absolutely no idea what they're doing when it comes to the passing game. You wind up having the two quarterbacks for Iowa go and combine 19 of 38 for Bucks of 5 and a pick. This is a Michigan team that they themselves are a very stout defense. I would like to see how you wind up seeing Bryce Young be able to handle what Michigan is able to throw at them because Michigan is a team that they do a very solid job in the secondary. They only wound up getting one sack in this game, but they did just a great job of making life uncomfortable, whether it be whether it be Petrus or Padilla, who wound up coming in a little bit later on in the game. So that was very solid. And they did a great job of being able to shut down the ground game as well. Tyler Goodson had been coming into this game for Iowa on absolute fire. He had been able to give the team at least 130 yards in four out of his last five games. Michigan said, you know what? You're going to be having none of that, and you're going to like it. And when it comes to Michigan as well, you've got to love the fact that you've also got Blake Corum as well because we all talk about Hassan Haskins with the five touchdowns they wound up having in that game against Ohio State. They wound up having two in this one as well, but when it comes to Corum, he wound up having that 67-yard scamper in this game. Got to love his overall game, and I do think that this is a Michigan bunch that they're going to be finding themselves in the college football playoff. I personally think that there's a chance that they wind up falling to three just with the way that Alabama was able to win this game. But I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it winds up shaking out. You got to think that it's going to be Alabama at number one. or Yeah, Alabama at number one. You got to think Georgia number two, Michigan number three. At least that is my opinion on this. And then at number four, you wind up having Cincinnati. If you wind up bumping Cincinnati for, say, a Notre Dame, that is just absolutely terrible. Good news is we don't have to worry about Oklahoma State because Oklahoma State, they're going to be going to some sort of a nice New Year's Six Bowl game, but their chance at being able to make the college football playoff, that went by the wayside with their four interceptions in this game as Baylor was able to get the win over Oklahoma State by kind of 21-16. to 16. And really, you want to see some bad play calling in this one as well. The second half field goal from 20 yards. What in the world are you doing, Mike Gundy? And for Spencer Sanders, he had thrown eight interceptions all season long. He had four in this one. Now, shout out to Dave Aranda. He is someone that has been the defensive coordinator at Wisconsin, did a great job when he was at LSU as well. He was deserving of a head coaching job. And he's not just a Power 5 coach. He's a very, very good Power 5 coach. And I feel like he's one of the most underrated out there in college football. And it really showed in this game because Baylor was just making life very uncomfortable for the Oklahoma State offense. We'll talk a little bit more about this. We'll take a look at what we wound up seeing with regards to college football on Saturday. A little bit more on the other side right here on the Greg Peterson Experience. And you're listening right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you ever do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. A new prop tracker available on vsin.com for you to be able to keep up with key NFL props. Head over to vsin.com to get current odds as well as movement each week to be able to follow the trends and find the best value. Track odds to be able to win MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and so much more. Check out Prop Tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every single game in the NFL now. And that is at vsin.com slash NFL as it is a Greg Peterson experience right here. From lovely Circa, the wonderful resort and sportsbook out here in Las Vegas, we've got you covered until 1 a.m. Pacific, 4 a.m. Eastern, and all throughout the day here on VEASAN. We're going to have you covered on what is going to be a massive NFL Sunday as well, so have no fear there, but we've got a little bit of college football to clean up as well. as we still got one game that is live, and this game has just been a calamity. You have seen some very, very sloppy play from USC. They're, at this point, lucky. Do not be down more than they are, 17 to 7. If you wind up taking the under of anywhere between 56 and a half and 57 points, you're in tremendous shape right now because USC looks completely lost in the wilderness on offense. If you're taking a look at something live right now, you're finding this anywhere between about a six and a half in a lot of spots. This was seven and a half a little bit earlier, but if you're looking to get in on Cal right now, the live line in most spots is six and a half with a little bit of juice typically if you're looking to lay this six and a half. So you've got that going on and the live total just keeps falling and falling and falling. It was at 47 and a half about a minute or so ago. Now it has fallen to right around 44 to 44 and a half with another punt. So it has been certainly a very ugly state of affairs to say the least. And what else is very ugly is the state of affairs that we wanted seeing from Oklahoma State today as well as you know that they're going to be able to make a nice bowl, but Big 12, they're going to be left out of the college football playoff. I think that it's very clear that you wind up getting in two teams from the SEC. I think that there's a good chance that they wind up going one, two. I know that there are many people that are thinking that Michigan winds up coming in at number two, but I th- just have a feeling that the committee is going to wind up going, hey, you know what, SEC, you wind up going one and two, and then you wind up having Michigan at three, but that's really not going to make much of a difference because if you wind up having Michigan at number two and Georgia at number three, or if you have Georgia at number two and Michigan at number three, you're going to get the same matchup. And then you got to figure that it's going to be Alabama versus Cincinnati after that. And you could have had a chance for Oklahoma State to be able to make things very interesting. But as I mentioned a little bit earlier, Spencer Sanders, four interceptions, yet they still wound up having an opportunity in that game. They wound up being just a little bit short on that dive at the end of the game to not be able to come through. And when it comes to Baylor, when it comes to where they're going to be playing, because they're certainly going to be in a New Year's Six Bowl game, I think that they're a very feisty bunch as well. You wind up having 
Break Sheppen come in, and he was able to give the team three touchdowns. He was absolutely tremendous in relief of pretty much Gary Bohannon. So that was something that you'd like to see for this Baylor team, a Baylor team in which they don't typically need to air it out very much. And when it came to what they wound up doing, it was just a bunch of short, efficient passes. You wound up having them go 23 of 28. So you really love to see that, obviously. We know that from Friday, Utah is going to be going to some sort of New Year's Six bowl game being able to represent the Pac-12 out there. But when it comes to some of these teams that are out there in lesser conferences as well, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with regards to the bowl seating of Utah State and San Diego State as well because San Diego State was coming into this game in relatively good form. Now, they wound up having Jordan Brookshire have to get the start in this one. It's not that he played horribly, but it's just that he couldn't really get the offense ignited. And when you wind up getting down as far as San Diego State wound up doing, 14-3 at the half, and then at the end of the third quarter, it was really just piling up. You need to be able to air it out, and that is just not the forte of San Diego State. San Diego State is a team that likes to be able to control the game via their good defense, be able to run the ball with guys like Greg and Chance Bell and company, and they just weren't able to do that in this game. Utah State just wound up tearing the life out of the Aztecs in the middle quarters. Logan Bonner was able to throw for four touchdowns. And this is a Utah State team that, from the start of the season to now, I feel like has been one of the more improved teams with regards to just my expectations for them coming into the year because that Washington State win was very solid at the beginning of the year, but you felt like it might be built on sand after they wound up losing those games at Boise State and also BYU. They wound up having a couple close calls against the likes of UNLV, Colorado State. Heck, even that New Mexico State game, we're going to call it what it was. It wasn't necessarily the world's greatest performance, but they came out and they just completely clocked San Diego State in pretty much a true road game. So got to give them a lot of credit for what they were able to do. There were a lot of cases in which you wound up having neutral site games for a lot of these championship games. But one that was very interesting is the fact that Louisiana was able to play host in this one. As we know, their coach wound up leaving for Florida earlier in the week as well. So that caused for a very interesting ordeal. I thought that Appalachian State, as a result, was going to have a little bit of value here. The Louisiana defense said, no, sir, not today. Chase Bryce. 12 of 30. He didn't wind up throwing for a touchdown. Didn't wind up turning the ball over. But Louisiana, very good at being able to bottle him up in this one. And right play, I should say, they did wind up being able to amass an average of five yards per carry with all the guys that wound up being able to tote the rock. So they were able to do a nice job there. But for Louisiana, what was big for this team was the fact that Imani Bailey was able to give you a buck 17 and a touchdown. Louisiana, ever since that loss in week one against Texas, they have not lost. They're They've won 12 straight games. I think that there's going to be a lot of value on them when it comes to what they're going to be doing when it comes to their bowl game as well. So, and it's been relatively rock solid when it comes to the ACC. Much like in college basketball, been a little bit lackluster with regards to this as well. Now, you wound up actually getting an under in this game, and a lot of the totals that were set very high in college football today, a lot of the 70 plusers, they wound up actually going under. This was one of them just because Wake Forest couldn't get anything generated against Pittsburgh. I did think that Pittsburgh had a good inside track in this game, and that turned out to be the result. Kenny Pickett is someone that I think is deserving of going to New York. Now, obviously, we know that Bryce Young is going to get the Heisman Trophy. Number two, you got to have C.J. Stroud. I wouldn't be opposed to Kenny Pickett being number three when it comes to this. I mean, he wound up coming into this game with 40 touchdowns, over 4,000 yards, and he did lead Pittsburgh to the win in this one. It was a count. It was by a count of 45 to 21. When it comes to this Pittsburgh bunch, really has been a fascinating team all season long to be able to watch. And when it comes to Pittsburgh, this team has been able to do a little bit of a better job on defense. Meanwhile, Wake Forest, I mean, they're just giving up things left and right. They are, in my opinion, going to be a relatively solid fade depending on the matchup. If they wind up having to go up against a team that's looking to gun it through the air, it's not going to be good. Hey, if they wind up matching up with some team that wants to play like the Army style, that actually might be very beneficial to them, but man, certainly has been a little bit strange to just see what we've been able to get out of the ACC because, oh, honestly, towards back half of the season, it was Clemson who was playing the best football as they wound up having, obviously, those three losses to begin the year, but they've got that just absolutely nasty defense, so I think that their bull seating is going to be something to watch out for as well, and when it comes to this game between Cal and USC, neither of these teams are going get, to be getting bull seating, and that's very fortunate because 
This has been a little bit unsightly. You've still got a 17-7 game, third quarter, just wrapping up. So if you wind up taking the under in this one, right now you're in very good shape. And I know that there are some of you guys that wind up actually betting on the FCS as well. These games wind up getting listed on the betting board pretty much all across Las Vegas and everything like that. It's something that I personally don't wind up handicapping, but it's something that I always say on the show, especially with me being a big mid-major basketball advocate. It doesn't matter if you're betting on the national championship game. It doesn't matter if you're betting on the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter if you're betting on like Korean baseball or if you're betting on something like Southeast Louisiana versus James Madison in college football. Money is money wherever you see an advantage. Do not feel bashful about it. Don't be like, ah, oh, this is a little bit of a lesser event. Maybe I shouldn't go as hard. If you see an edge, always, always, always take it. And I always like to try to find my edges when it comes to college basketball as well. We're going to be certainly hitting on college basketball a lot throughout the rest of this hour. But when it came to the big matchup that we wound up seeing in college basketball, that would be Alabama and Georgia. I thought that Alabama was going to be live here with them closing as right around a nine and a half to a 10 point underdog. I thought that that was a little bit too far. I wound up saying my number more around nine. So when you wind up hitting double figures, I thought that it was a good take on Alabama. Didn't think that they'd be able to pull it off outright though. 91 to 82 was the final in this game. For one, I feel like Alabama wound up getting a little bit undervalued after they wound up taking that loss to Iona a little bit earlier. That was about a week, week and a half ago out there in the state of Florida. But when it comes to this Alabama team as well, for one, they wound up shooting lights out from three-point range. They went 13 of 34 from distance. So they were able to do their job when it came to that. But on top of that, with Gonzaga, you've got to be having your issues when it comes to the team because with Gonzaga coming into the year, I felt like they were three and a half to four points clear of everyone else in college basketball. I probably had to knock that down right around six to six and a half points because it's not just this performance. You can't overreact to one performance, but now it's three state three straight performances that we have not seen Gonzaga necessarily look well. They wind up losing that game out here in lovely Las Vegas to Duke. That Tarleton State game, honestly, out of these last three games, is the one that I'm most concerned about because when it comes to Gonzaga, they wound up being tied with about 10 minutes left to go against Tarleton State. Now, I recognize that Tarleton State does a good job of being a little bit of a thorn in the side to so many of these teams, but certainly a case in which if you are struggling against Tarleton State, that is not what you want to be seeing. So that was not necessarily too terrific. I'll dive into Gonzaga a little bit more on the other side because I've got additional thoughts on this. We wound up seeing 91 games in college basketball on Saturday. So we're going to be taking a look at quite a few of those next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, Esports Bank Network. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Bowl Betting Guide is almost here. One of my favorites for the year because you just wind up having so many of these strange matchups. And we've got you covered with everything that you need to be a smarter better on every single one of the bowl games. This year provides matchup analysis on all 41 bowl games, including insights, trends, data, and predictions. For you to be able to help out with your best bets, the guide is designed to be able to give you an edge, whether you are betting on every game, playing contests, or just want to find a few key high-value props. This guide, this guide is going to be dropping on December 13th, so be sure to get your copy today for only $19.99, and that is at vsin.com slash subscribe. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Peterson, and we have just started the fourth quarter. Speaking of college football, out there in the Cal versus USC game. And looks like we're seeing more defensive dominance in this one. If you want to take any under, you're in really, really good shape as Cal's getting ready to punt it away. Currently, if you're looking at a live line, at last check, it was hovering right around 7.5. This has refreshed a little bit, and this total is now hovering in the lower 40s. So, I mean, this thing is going down, down, down. So, you know, I've just seen some, let's call it what it is. Not necessarily a great play, and when it came to what we wound up seeing out of Gonzaga on Saturday as well, it was not necessarily a great play because the thing that is most, I would say, disturbing about what wound up happening with Gonzaga with regards to their loss on Saturday is the fact that they wound up shooting 13 of 25 at the free throw line. If they wind up going, say, 20 out of 23 at the free throw line, or 20 out of 25 at the free throw line, 
not like they wind up winning the game with that, but they are able to keep it closer. You wind up getting more late game fouling. Who knows what winds up happening from there because you do wind up having an Alabama team on the other side that coming into this game, they themselves were shooting about 66% free throw line. So I think that that was a big concern. Now, Drew Timmy, he looked solid. 23 points, 10 boards, 4 assists. So that was very solid for the team. But you need Andrew Nemar to be a little bit more of a scorer, in my opinion. I thought they would be able to take a little bit more of a step up this year as this is someone that, while he was out there in the SEC, was perennially in his two seasons, right around 10 to 11 point score, was able to dish out five assists, and his facilitation has been just fine for this Gonzaga team. Also, this is a Gonzaga team that they traditionally play actually relatively solid defense. A misnomer with Gonzaga is that they aren't necessarily a great defensive team. It's just because they wind up playing at such a high octane pace that they do wind up giving up some points along the way. When you take a look on a per-possession basis, they're typically a top 25, top 30 defensive team, but allowing Alabama to go 13 of 34 from three is a little bit tough. Now, J.D. Davison, he is someone that I think is really going to be a big-time player for this Alabama bunch. He wanted coming in off the bench. He wound up having 20 points, five rebounds, and you give all the credit in the world to Alabama for playing the way that they did wind up playing, but at the same time, got to have your concerns with Gonzaga as well. So it's one of those, as I always like to say, two things can be true at the same time. Alabama should be a little bit more highly regarded. Gonzaga should be a little bit more lowly regarded, especially if you wound up having Gonzaga, much like myself, as the number one team in the country prior to them going to Las Vegas against Duke last week. They've had a relatively massive downgrade, and a team that I would, at this point, wind up having ahead of Gonzaga, that would be the team that wound up being able to win the national championship last season. I always like to say it on this show, the Ric Flair mentality. In order to be the champ, you got to beat the champ, and as of right now, Baylor has not been defeated this year. Now, it was against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Arkansas Pine Bluff, they are a bottom 15 team in all of college basketball. But this was a north of 40-point line, and Baylor was able to cover it. Whether you were getting like 41, 42, 43, Baylor, 99 to 54. They just completely bludgeoned Arkansas Pine Bluff. And when it comes to this Baylor team, what I like is the fact that you've got LJ Cryer being able to step up last year. He was more of an ancillary piece for this team. He was able to chip in there like three and a half, four points per game. He's a solid shooter, but now he's coming. He's really been one of, if not the best sixth man in all of college basketball. He winds up having in this game off the bench in 24 minutes, 20 points. Goes 4 of 9 from 3-point range. Matthew Meyer goes 4 of 5 from 3-point range. The dude with the awesome mullet. He is someone that is going to be a difference maker for this Baylor team. And the guy that I feel like is not getting enough respect and is not getting enough, I guess you could call it pub, that would be Jonathan Chamachachua. This guy is just the energizer bunny down low. He's able to give this Baylor team 14 points, 13 rebounds. If you did have a little bit of deficiency with Baylor coming into the year, you were thinking, hey, is the low post play going to be there? He along full Thamba. These guys are absolutely tremendous. They combined for 23 rebounds in this game with Chachua playing 22 minutes, Thamba 15 minutes. This Baylor team is, in my opinion, a little bit better down low. Obviously, they don't have quite the backcourt pieces that they had last year, but they've got good depth with guys like Adam Flagler in the starting roles as well. So I do think that Baylor is a team that you've got to be taking a look at with regards to a lot of value. And and our number two, I'm going to be doing some trend spotting for you as well when it comes to teams that have been very good to the over and very bad to the, and have been very bad to the over as well. Here's a spoiler. IUPUI has not been scoring whatsoever. So if you're a fan of IUPUI, I apologize, but we're going to poo-poo them a little bit in the second hour along with our good friends over there at Mississippi Valley State as Chicago State no longer the worst team in D1 college basketball. They took down Tennessee State today. So we've got to give our love to the Cougars. It has been fun fading them over the last few years, but they've actually got themselves a legitimate basketball team. You know who else has themselves a legitimate basketball team? That would be Iowa State. This Cyclone team, aside from where they've been laying like north of 25 points, you wound up seeing that in a total buy game. They've been able to cover every one of these games against real competition. 64 to 58. They wind up being able to take down Creighton. I know that some of you guys asked me on social media, what's different with Iowa State? I wound up having a good talk with Matt Peralt, who actually is very close with Iowa State a little bit more just because he actually knows TJ Altsberger relatively well. He used to work out there in the area. By the way, does great work with props.com. But what he was explaining was that with Iowa State, with Steve Prom, they wound up getting away 
from that defensive mentality. The reason why TJ Otzelberger, while he was at UNLV, was able to get things going was that he was trying to pretty much change the culture at UNLV, make it a little bit more, as we always like to call it, Midwest-style basketball. Take charges. Make things very gritty. I mean, you always see this with the Wisconsin Badgers. I'm someone that I'm from the state of Wisconsin. I used to play basketball. When I played basketball, I was terrible at everything except for free throw shooting and being able to take charges. That was not a good combination for being able to play high school basketball. I mean, forget about being able to play college basketball, but high school basketball. But I mean, that's a way that a lot of guys out there in the Midwest wind up playing. You're out there in Ames, Iowa. He wound up being able to just get his message across right away. He wound up bringing with him a guy in Caleb Grill who was okay while he was at UNLV, but and you take a look at what he wound up doing in this game. He came in off the bench, 16 points, winds up going 4 of 4 from three-point range. And this is a great team that you're in and you're out. They're able to gun it. Now, this is not your father's great team. This is a bunch of which they are much different. They wound up losing a lot of pieces from last year. But they did a great job of being able to force Creighton into 21 turnovers to 19 made field goals. I mean, how often do we see Creighton wind up having more turnovers than made buckets? That is just absolutely insane what he's been able to do. He has done a great job of being able to have this hard-nosed defensive mentality. And keep in mind, Xavier Foster, who was really the best recruit Iowa State has gotten ever since Therese Halliburton, he was kicked off the team prior to the season. So Iowa State is doing all this in spite of this. I think that they're going to be a very interesting team. I, much like so many others, wanted thinking that Iowa State was going to be dead last in the Big 12 this year. I mean, the Big 12, when you take a look at it, top to bottom, they are not just the best team. They are not just the best conference in college basketball. I don't think it's even close. I mean, your worst team in the conference right now is Kansas State. And Kansas State actually wound up playing relatively respectably on the road or in a neutral court environment against Illinois. I mean, you've got Oklahoma State from there. Oklahoma State is a team that they wound up taking down NC State on a neutral court. Then you've got Texas, Texas Tech, TCU, Kansas, West Virginia, Oklahoma, and Baylor. I mean, this is just absolutely insane. This Big 12, you don't have a night off. Heck, you don't have a... You don't have a minute to be able to catch your breath because all these teams play tenacious defense. All these teams have all these five-star guys. I mean, if you don't have the Big 12 as your number one conference right now, I don't know what to tell you because there's legitimately nine teams that could be vying for an NCAA tournament bid, and I actually include TCU in that as well. They wound up getting pounded against Santa Clara a few weeks ago, but this is a TCU team that's legitimately solid. They were able to win and depending on your closing line cover, if not push, against Oral Roberts a couple days ago, but I just take a look at the entirety of this conference, and it is going to be a grind. And it's going to be really fascinating to see how these teams wind up matching up with each other. Now, I don't think that you wind up getting nine teams into the NCAA tournament from the Big 12 just because when you get to conference play, well, unfortunately, one team has to lose the game, one team has to win the game. But I just take a look at this conference in general, and it is locked, loaded, and it is going to be absolutely tremendous. But what else is a conference that be able to rise up as well that would be the biggest you want to see UConn be able to get a nice one and cover if you're looking for a team that has been able to cover these 25 plus point spreads they have been one as well and what we're going to be seeing out of Michigan State moving forward is going to be really interesting as well because they've been a relatively trustworthy team they would have covered against Toledo I had Toledo not bang through a late like at the buzzer jumper because line wound up being right around 13 and after 14 they were up 15 with seven seconds left to go Toledo was able to put that one home I was personally one that was on Toledo, so I was not questioning that whatsoever, but certainly interesting what we've been able to get out of college basketball recently. What else is interesting? Taking a look at who in the heck is going to be able to win the MVP in the NFL. We're going to be talking about those odds next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on Visa, Esports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. Follow the money is hitting the road next week. Mitch Moss and Polly Howard will be live from the new DraftKings Sportsbook at Foxwoods Casino Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. If you're in the area, come down and meet the guys and be sure to tune in every weekday from 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern. That's right here on VSN, the sports betting network, and Foxwoods. Out there in the great state of Connecticut. Someplace I've never been. Hopefully I'll be able to get there one day. I've really never been to the Northeast personally. So I'm going to need to make that trek one of these days. As it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on the Sports Bank Network. Coming at you from lovely circuit. Trust me. I am very fine with being out here as well. With the world's greatest or the world's biggest TV screen. And that makes it the world's greatest in my opinion behind me as well. But we got to talk a little bit about the NFL. We've got odds to be able to win the MVP Currently via DraftKings, right now all gassed up as Tom Brady, right now the favorite for this award at plus 350. And then from there, you wind up having Josh Allen at 5-1, to one, Aaron Rodgers at 6-1, to one, have a lot of guys in that 12-10 to 10 to run, at 12-10-1 to 10 to 1 sort of vicinity. Right now you've got Dak Prescott at 10-1, to 1, Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes are at 12-1, to 1, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, they clock in at 18-1, to 1, along with Jonathan Taylor, which... I know that there's been a lot of talk about Jonathan Taylor. Could he wind up being able to get this award? I just can't see that being the case. The last time we wound up seeing a running back be able to win MVP, that would be Adrian Peterson a few years ago. I still remember he wound up having to just have an absolutely amazing season. I really do feel like that 2,000-yard barrier is one that you need to be able to cross over. But as we know, with that 2,000-yard barrier, that was in 16 games. Now with 17 games, you wind up upping that to... 2200, 2150. That is something I think is really interesting, but I just do not see a way in which you'll be able to win the MVP. I thought that Kyler Murray had a lot of value as well. It's just very unfortunate that he's been missing these last few weeks, or else I do think that he'd be up there with some regard now. It looks like he's going to wind up playing against the Chicago Bears, so that is going to be beneficial. Obviously, if you're betting on that game, you want to be checking, checking, and checking some more and just pretty much dotting all the eyes and crossing all the T's that he will be playing because that is such a big handicap in that game with regards to that because I mean I think that the Cardinals went outright without Kyler Murray but do they wind up covering the spread and that's what we always care about with regards to that but that certainly comes into play when it comes to Aaron Rodgers I don't know why he's so short on the list because I mean Aaron Rodgers has done a very solid job and I'm a I'm a someone that wound up growing up 45 minutes away from Green Bay I'm a Green Bay Packers fan personally I have no idea why he's 6-1 on this list. I mean, you take a look at the Green Bay Packers, and they've been one of the best under teams in all of football. And it's not because of that, because, I mean, you could wind up having the Packers win every game by kind of 42-0. If they wind up setting the line at 45, they're a very good under team, and that clearly has not been the case. It's really been the defense has been rock solid for this Green Bay Packers team. Heck, even when he was out of the fold, they wind up losing that game to the Kansas City Chiefs, but they were able to cover that number as well. When it comes to Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's been efficient, but... It's not like he's necessarily been taking the top 
off of these defenses or anything like that. He has been able to complete darn near 66% of his passes. You take a look at him with regards to quarterback rating. He's been right around third in the NFL if you're taking a look at that ESPN metric, but it's not been a case in which he has necessarily been, I would say, MVP level. When it comes to odds to be able to win MVP, I do think that it is right that Tom Brady is right now the short shot, but I could easily see this award going to someone else. And what I think is going to be really interesting with regards to this year's race is what you wind up getting out of Lamar Jackson, because I feel like Lamar Jackson is the guy that is a little bit further down the list that has the best opportunity. Now, you did wind up having the team being able to get a win with Hundley under center against, ironically enough, same as Kyler Murray, a a Chicago Bears team. But, I mean, you take a look at Lamar Jackson. He has thrown the 12 interceptions this year, but it's just what he winds up doing for this offense. I always like to say when you wind up having a point guard in college basketball, sometimes a bad possession for insert your star player here is better than a good possession for his teammates. And it's felt like it's been that a little bit for Lamar Jackson this year because they just have had absolutely nothing going on the ground this year. They've had so many injuries when it comes to that. And Lamar Jackson, he himself is able to create on the ground. His touchdowns are a little bit down this year, but he's been averaging darn near six yards per carry. They've needed him to just pretty much carry the load with regards to this offense sticking out in a lot of people's mind, and rightfully so. It's probably going to be that Miami Dolphins game that we wound up seeing on primetime, but I do think that Lamar Jackson has been able to come a long ways with regards to a pocket passer as well. I do think that there's good value if the Ravens are able to pull it off and they're able to win the division, and if he winds up having some, and I'll air quotes here, signature moments, that'll be big as well, rightfully so. We've seen Matt Stafford be able to fall out of the race. You do have Cooper Cup, who's currently at 35-1. to I think it could be a little bit of an interesting flyer. I don't think that he winds up winning the award outright, but I mean, it's just one of these cases in which if you were to play out the season 35 times, does he wind up winning it once? I would think so. I think that if you want to placing the bet over the course of 35 times, you'd probably be making money on it long-term, but it's just something that I don't think is necessarily worth the rush. I mean, you take a look at it, 1,200 yards, 92 receptions. He's been amazing. And if you're looking a little bit more specifically, Offensive Player of the Year, he and Jonathan Taylor are at plus 225. And I think that that's where you'd want to be looking on both of these guys. If you're taking a look at a comparison, I'd be looking at Taylor a little bit more than Cup right now just because with Cooper Cup, he's a little bit more lined on someone being able to get on the ball. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor catches balls out of the backfield as well, but he knows that he's going to be getting the ball 20-plus times unless if the play calling is really wonky like we want to see in that game against the Dallas Cowboys, why they weren't running it with them so much. That is a question that I cannot answer for you guys, but I can tell you right now that it was not necessarily the correct decision, but... When it comes to a longer shot, I do think that Lamar Jackson does provide a little bit of value. When it comes to Josh Allen at 5-1, to one, I've just soured on him a little bit personally. We have seen the Buffalo Bills wind up coming back to the back end. You've got to believe that if you wind up taking this bet for Josh Allen for one, you're going to need the Buffalo Bills to be able to win this division. I just don't think that there's any way that they wind up giving him the war if it is a case in which the Patriots wind up being able to hold on and he winds up and he winds up just being number two in that division because we know who winds up voting on this. It is the writers. It's not necessarily who you think is going to be able to win MVP. A lot of it is having to do with storylines. A lot of it is putting your your just mind in the, just trying to explore the mind of these guys that wind up voting on it, which that sometimes can be a very strange place because sometimes these guys are a little bit jaded. Some of them are older fogies and things like that. So you do wind up having some more of that come into play. So that is something that you've always got to consider, not just with regards to odds to be able to win MVP, but if you're voting on a Heisman Trophy odds, like if you're looking at a baseball example, odds to be able to win Cy Young. So I do think that that is something that always you need to be mindful of. Patrick Mahomes at 12-1, to 1, I just think that with regards to Patrick Mahomes, it's going to be really tough for him at this point just because he did have all the interceptions. I think that his reputation was just so torn down a little bit earlier on in the year that it's going to be tough for him to be able to win that award. But we do know that there's a flash year as well. So I do think that it honestly could be a case in which it winds up working both ways with him. It's just a bet that I would not want to take right now. And I just need to see a little bit more out of the Chiefs offense because what has really been leading the Chiefs to victory in recent weeks has been the fact that their defense has been able to pick it up. I mean, you take a look at the first four, maybe even five weeks of the season. We were talking about the Chiefs 
being one of the worst defenses, not just with regards to the NFL this year, but really in the NFL in history. And they've really been able to turn things around. The Chiefs have been able to win a bunch of games in which they really haven't been able to get past that 24-point mark. Now, they did wind up having that outburst against the Las Vegas Raiders a couple weeks ago, but I mean... In that game against the Cowboys, 19-9, the game against the Packers, they wound up putting up 13 points there. They put up 20 points against the New York Giants. I don't know how you'd wind up giving them the award in this spot. So I do think that that is something that needs to be considered as well. So when it comes out to it, I do think that Tom Brady is the rightful favorite. When it comes to a little bit more of a longer shot, I do think that you've got a little bit of something when it comes to Lamar Jackson. And Justin Herbert, I think, think at 18 to one isn't bad value. I think that it's really interesting with them though, because I do think that it's another case with the chargers in which if they wind up being able to win the AFC West, you are in business. If you are taking Justin Herbert to be able to win MVP, you are also banking on the chargers being able to win the division. In my opinion, I think that these are a little bit correlated with regards to these awards. It's a big reason why Tom Brady's a favorite right now, because I mean, who else is going to wind up winning the NFC South? He's going to be able to win the division. The Buccaneers are going to be a very good seed when it comes to postseason. But when it comes to Herbert, I mean, I've absolutely loved what I've seen out of him. Now, obviously, he's got quite a few good weapons at his disposal. Guys like Keenan Allen and company have been able to do a good job. And when it comes to Herbert, big thing with him is that he has thrown six interceptions in the last five weeks. It's been a little bit of an up and down. It's been win-loss, win-loss for the Chargers in recent weeks. But if he's able to go on a big run, I do think that there could be a little bit of value here. Certainly a lot more value than if you've taken the UFC Trojans tonight as USC currently down by kind of 24 to 7 in one of the strangest games that we've ever seen in our lives. This was a closing total that was right around like a 56 to a 57. So this one's going harmlessly under. If we see anything otherwise, I will let you know. But currently 421 in the fourth quarter. Cal all over USC by kind of 24 to 7. Very sad showing for USC. Coming up next, we're going to have better showings as we're going to be docking some college basketball. Looking forward to Sunday slate right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa. Esports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.